Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to another episode of Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnston on the phone with Heather Shoemaker. Today, Heather's got a story to get us started. Where are we going, Heather? Talk to us. Yes, well, my new book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, came out. And since then, I've been on the radio days after days. Um, one day, I had 14 radio interviews starting oh, at 8 a.m. So I've been talking to people, not just around the country, but around in, in a lot of places in Canada, Montreal, Vancouver, and so on. And what I'm finding is you kind of get a pulse. When you talk to that many people all over the place, you get a pulse on what people are worried about. And here's something that I learned is that um, especially the East Coast side of our country, the New York City environs, they are so scared of sharing sad stories with the children that parents do not read the end of Charlotte's Web, or if they do, they change it so that the spider stays alive. such a classic of American literature is, <laughs> I mean, just as far as a, a good book goes, how could you change the ending of Charlotte's Web? But it, it taps into that deeper. We are trying to protect our kids in so many ways. We feel that they are so fragile. They can't deal with the, with the beautiful story of a friend's death in a book. And that is the easiest, gentlest way to begin these difficult conversations. Um, you know, when I go around and talk to groups of teachers and parents and so on about um, superhero play and weapon play, and I always get this, but tackle them, <laughs> uh, because a lot of us adults, especially female adults, really aren't that comfortable with that kind of play. And then we get into, well, what is the learning going on here, and what propels kids to do it? So many things, and it's fun, but a lot of it has to do with this moral play and ethics play about life and death and good and bad, and the fact that kids are playing dead is huge processing of the fact that they've only recently learned that they are going to die, that they themselves are someday not going to be alive, and that not only that, but their mother and their father and their brother and their dog, that all mortal things live and die. And this is big, big news. Most kids learn it when they're about three or four. Yeah. And they're still processing it for years and years. And face it, most adults haven't come to terms with it yet either. Yeah, it's a but big one of the thing most to deal beautiful with. Gifts, yeah, one of the most beautiful gifts we can give to kids are stories that are humane, that talk about the life cycle and talk about death and grief and mourning because kids feel these emotions and they're going to feel them very soon, whether it's the pet dog or the grandparent or who knows, something else. So... It was amazing to me that we've come so far that so many parents can't finish that book. Uh, I'm, I'm rarely speechless, but the fact that they're editing editing Charlotte's Web has me has me speechless and angry. I I, I, I don't even understand it. I, I how how do we get to the point where people think that's a good choice? Um, now I did um, when my son realized that Charlotte was dying. We had, I think it was an hour and a half 
of all out grief tears. I mean, he, one of my kids just, we read the book and that, that was fine. Uh -huh. The other one reacted, there was a strong emotional cord and was in desperate tears, huge sobbing, racking tears. Um, and I just held him and rocked him and, and said, I, yeah, I wish Charlotte didn't have to die too. But this was a big deal for him. Yeah. And it took us all afternoon to get, to get through, through it. <laughs> and it ended up with the hot buttered bagel and a nice glass of milk and, you know. And I said, you are really sad about this. And he said, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, when he could talk, once we were at that stage. And I said, it's okay that you're sad. It's a very sad story. But you know what people do when somebody's sad? Yeah, because so much And he wanted to know, well, what do people do when they take care of each other when they're sad? Mm -hmm. Well, some people like to cuddle in blankets. So he got a blanket. <laughs> you know, he cuddled in the blanket. Okay, some people like to have hugs. So we, we were hugging. Some people like to have a nice, you know, hot drink or a little bit of warm food or something to keep them. So we did all, we talked about coping skills. Mm -hmm. Some people like to go for a walk. We, and we talked about things you could do. Um, some people like to rewrite the end of the story so that it's a different story that ends a different way. And those are the kind of skills that we need to give our kids. Instead of feeling like they can't handle it, they are going to have these big, big emotions. And yeah. so let's guide them into how to cope with these big, big emotions. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I've talked about it on, on this podcast. I've talked about it uh, with Lisa Murphy on Child Care Bar and Grill, but uh, earlier this year, we had to have our chocolate lab put down, and uh, grandbaby came with me to do that. And I and I I didn't know how that was going to go, but she said she needed to come with. And she understood, you know, she dog is dog is sick and not going to get better, and and this is the humane, loving thing to do for her. And I said, you know, I'm Papa's going to be pretty sad, and I, I might I might have I might do some crying. And she says, Papa, I will I will put my arm on your shoulder and pat your back. And I said, I, I'm not going to cry, but I'll put my arm on, on your shoulder and pat your back. And uh, and she came along, and it was uh, a cathartic experience for both of us. And her her arm was around my shoulder, and hand was hand was patting my back. And and we we left, and and she said, we should go to Starbucks and talk about our feelings. And so we had that experience, and it's it's part of that process because now, two weeks ago, uh, my buddy Kristen, who uh, who's part of the uh, the uh, T and K, the Q and A with T and K podcast uh, was here in Sioux City and spent a couple of days at our house because her grandmother lived in town and was was dying and and so Rowan spent some time nurturing Kristen because she had a little bit of experience doing it with me after the dog died and it's 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 a sad thing and and being sad is good. Yes, it reaches our deepest parts of compassion and empathy and. It, it, it reaches a, a high moral development for a child. Now, when they're feeling completely sad themselves, they, they're not going to notice that. But it, we all need practice with these difficult feelings. And there's, there's things that you can just say, it is sad. I mean, just state it. Well, it's really sad, isn't it? And, um, or if it's a story, what a sad story. Sometimes stories in books and in real life can be sad. But some kids are also fascinated by story about a child that dies or something like that. 
um, kids can be really fascinated by this, and I think it's partly because they don't have enough exposure to a wide range of types of books and stories that, you know, if you have the Disney movie versions, everything's going to end happily ever after. Yeah. So um, that can be satisfying in its own way, but kids really need some sad endings and not their whole diet, but enough so that they are um, able to think through it and experience it. Um, and if it's a story that includes injustice, let's say um, classic fairy tales like in Christian Andersen's The Little Match Girl, that she's so poor that she freezes on the street. Um, and she dies. I mean, a child who hears that kind of story can think, oh, well, you know, if I were there, I would I would give her a warm coat or uh-huh. I would do, you know, starting to think through because a story that's sad generally um, creates a lot more questioning and conversation than one that just ties up neatly. Yeah, yeah, and when all the stories we hear are tied up with a neat bow and everybody's living happy, happily ever after, um, we... We, we lose so much of that depth, and, and the way they edit fairy tales especially, I mean, the changes that have been made to uh, Little Red Riding Hood over the last what couple of generations. What happens in Little Red Riding Hood now? Well, I, I think everybody lives happily ever after in, in some versions. I mean, Including I, the wolf? I, oh, yeah. Oh. I think, I mean, I like the version where, where like, the wolf eats grandma and then the axeman cuts open the wolf or, or those kind of, I mean, I like a little bit of gruesomeness in my fairy tales. Right. Um, of course, if you go way back to the originals, some of those are pretty stomach-turning. <laughs> some of the, the gruesomeness is a little overboard in the classic grim fairy tales, but... Um, but then, uh, then it can it day, be sanitized day to way too much. Yeah, but yeah. the day-to-day life was a, a probably a lot more like that back then as well. So they were probably probably deeply of their time. Um, so the stories, I think the same goes with uh, other media kids consume too. We don't we don't allow for the big emotion of sadness and and not only on not only the stories we we share, but some of the some of the music we listen to. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't hear a lot of programs playing. It's always the the, the music they play in the program is always the upbeat kid music. And I think when you start looking at the the breadth and depth of 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 real music, there's there's a lot of emotion and sadness and that kind of stuff too that can be beneficial. Right. Even introducing. Um, slow songs to children, you know, that they're not all happy, upbeat songs, but giving them some language so that when they are feeling sad, they have something to draw on. One of the other benefits of of that sadness, I think, is when you have an opportunity to experience sadness and and shed a tear and and deal with those emotions, it makes the, the happiness and the joy a lot richer, doesn't it? When we live in a world where we don't have that 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 down, the up isn't nearly as up as it would be. Hmm. I think that might be more true for adults because kids, <laughs> they have such highs of, of joy that I don't know if they have problems with well, that. Well, yeah, that's that's probably true. If you if you if but you I think I think for adults the, the contrast doesn't help. You're you're right. Grandbaby saw a squirrel the other day, and it was it was her best day ever. So uh, you're. Yeah. <laughs> probably right on that one. Um, so, what can what advice instead of n- editing Charlotte's Web? What what advice do you have for parents that are that are dealing with these situations? Can we can we send people out with some 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 tips that'll 
that'll head them down a, a path that makes it a little bit easier to deal with the issue, but uh, keeps them from being overwhelmed by it? Yeah, I think that just remember that your child it has full range of human emotions and needs stories that reflect all of them. You know, stories that reflect greed and frustration and jealousy, stories that reflect anger and sorrow and grief. Um, not all the time, but to have to have the full palette of that. And even when they're picture books, um, they, you know, they don't have to. You don't have to wait till the kid is older to um, share these kinds of stories because they feel these emotions already, and they're not fragile. Um, children are not fragile, they're fascinated and they want to be able to understand their world. They want to know that they're not alone with this kind of thinking and feeling. So sharing stories is a way to help kids feel comforted and to develop compassion and to spark conversations that, that are deep and meaningful. So, you know, don't make it the whole diet, but, but don't sanitize um, life and feel that children just need to be happy and and along those same lines, we should be doing the same with our with our own emotions. Uh, I, I think as as parents and as caregivers in early learning programs, I, I, I a, a version of this is the this the 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 sing songy false teacher voice that I, I hear a lot of adults <laughs> use with kids. It's 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 along those same lines, huh? We we always we feel like in the classroom we always have to be upbeat. And uh, and I, I think that sends a false message to kids um, as well. If you're having a bad day, I think it's, it's probably good to name that. Now, we don't need to go into great detail with kids, and we don't need to, we ne don't need to turn them into, into morose, emo kids with the, uh, with the mascara around their eyes and, 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 and the sad music all the time. We don't want to go down that road either, but being a little bit realistic with the up and down of, of the, the human experience is probably right. a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think adults who are caring for children can say things, um, you know, um, I'm, I, I'm having a bad day, I'm feeling, um, you know, my leg is hurting and so I'm not feeling great. Whatever, you can share the information and share how it feels. Um, you still need to be strong enough to know that you can take care of them. <laughs> Unless something terrible happens, that you're not completely evacuating, yeah. <laughs> collapsing. But as long as they feel that you can still take care of them, sharing the level of, of where you are, whether it's sorrow or something else, is helpful because they notice. Oh, yeah, that yeah. They're, they they're know that something's not right, and they often think it's something they did or it's their fault. So sometimes giving a little bit of information can be comforting rather than toxic. Yeah, because they are wired to be very attuned to the emotional state of their adults because they depend on those adults for their well-being. And so when the adult is putting on the, the sing-songy, fake, happy face, and the kid is getting this, hey, there's something going on here vibe from that adult, it... it can be real confusing and uh, <laughs> and hard to process for for young people, and so naming it, and we don't want to put the whole weight of the adult world um, on on them, uh, like we've said, but but being able to name it and and let them understand it is a is a good way to move through those things. Right. So, what else do we have for the good of the order to to wrap thing wrap this topic up? Anything else? Read the end of Charlotte's Web. <laughs> <laughs> I it's such a it, oh man I haven't read that for oh man now I got to go read Charlotte's Web it's a it's a it's a beautiful beautiful book on so for so many reasons 
Yeah, and I, I do think, um, you know, my first book, It's Okay Not to Share, has a section called Be Buddies with Dead Birds. So in Charlotte's Web, for example, the characters are mostly animals. And to understand life cycles through animals first can be so comforting because you realize, okay, these animals have a two-year lifespan or a ten-year lifespan, and I as a human probably have a longer lifespan than that. But it helps to, to come to terms with the ideas of life and death and these cycles when we can process it with animals um, almost first before we can accept it for ourselves. Abso- absolutely. Um, so we read Charlotte's Web. We check out check out Heather's book. Um, we, you know how to get a hold of us. We've said we're saying it all the time. There's probably links attached to this episode, but you can find Heather online uh, at heatherschoemaker.com. You can find me at explorationsearlylearning.com, and those two links will probably get you to everything you would want to know about either one of us. Thanks for tuning in. We will be back next week with another episode. Um, and, and really, we do appreciate you listening and, and love to hear from you. Enjoy the day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studios production. Oh.